We've heard a lot this week about Ahmed Mohammed, an Irving, Texas student who was arrested on Monday for bringing a clock to school. But there was one voice we felt we hadn't heard, students. So we talked to four of them from different parts of the U.S. to get their perspective on why they think Ahmed got arrested and what suggestions they might give to make sure that this kind of thing never happens again. That plus our weekly roundup of the EdTech News. I'm Michael Winters, and I'm on my own today. Betsy and Mary Jo are out of town, so you're stuck with me for the next little while. Welcome to the Ed Surge podcast. Let's get started. Listen up, EdTech companies. Some customers will tell you that they wish your websites would be clear about what you offer. So EdSurge's wonderful and high-energy product management intern, Shweb Ahmed, asked four EdTech executives about why so many companies can't seem to explain what they do. Here's what he learned. Some companies have multiple product lines, which makes it difficult to articulate all of them simultaneously. And another issue can be that there's a huge divide between the people creating the software and the people actually using it. The buyers might not really comprehend exactly what the user's needs are. Microschool startup OldSchool announced this week that it has opened two new campuses, one in Palo Alto and one in Brooklyn, its first location outside California. And if that weren't enough, OldSchool also announced that it is rolling out two new tech platforms, Tetrapod, where teachers anywhere in the network can collaborate and discuss student needs, and Progression, where teachers and parents can track students' mastery of topics in 30 different subject areas. For more on AltSchool's fundraises and on their expansion, check out all the stories on AltSchool on edsurge.com. Big computer science news from New York this week. Democratic Mayor Bill de Blasio pledged that within a decade, all of the city's public schools will be required to offer computer science classes to all students. Now, students will not have to take these classes to graduate, but the requirement should open up opportunities to many new students. The New York Times reported that the initiative is expected to cost New York City $18 million over 10 years, and it will have to train 5,000 teachers. The city aims to raise at least half of that money from private sources. And speaking of raising money, it's time for ka-chings. LearnZillion has raised a $13 million venture round, bringing the company's total to $26 million raised. The DC-based company will use the money to expand its common core-aligned and freely available math and English curriculum. San Francisco-based LearnUp has closed an $8 million Series A round led by Shasta Ventures and New Enterprise Associates. LearnUp partners with large companies like Gap and Safeway to train adults in the skills that they need to fill open positions at those companies. Congratulations to them and to all of the other companies who raised money this week. Network news and social media have been buzzing this week with talk of Ahmed Mohammed. In case you missed it, here's what happened. On Monday, Ahmed, a Muslim freshman high schooler living in Irving, Texas, brought to school a digital clock that he'd made at home to show his teachers. But soon after, he was arrested by local police after the school reported that Muhammad had created a hoax bomb. He was later released, and on Wednesday, Irving police announced that he would not face any criminal charges. 
And all this week, social media rallied to the teen's side in support, posting with the hashtag IStandWithAhmed. But we at EdSurge thought that the student voice was severely lacking from the discussion, and so we set out to hear what some students had to say. Our first interview candidate, eight-year-old Asher from Rhode Island. My name is Asher. I'm in third grade. Now, we started with Asher by explaining to him that we were on a podcast, and we asked him if he ever listened to podcasts. Uh, except for my dad's fantasy football podcasts. <laughs> Busted. Busted, Dad. You know, what, one of the amazing things about students is, is how they're able to break down very complex issues into very simple terms. And that's exactly what happened when we asked Asher to explain what the Ahmed case is all about. Because cause, um, when other teachers saw it, they thought it was a bomb. And so um, they didn't ask him any questions. They just thought he had a bomb. Yeah, that's just about it. And throughout all of the interviews that we did, I was so impressed with the maturity and the thoughtfulness of these students. Take this response from Asher, who, remember, is eight years old. Asher, do, do you think that something like what happened to Ahmed could ever happen at your school? Not at our school. Well, actually, at my school, they give everyone the turn to talk. And how does he feel about what happened to Ahmed? What would Asher say if Ahmed suddenly appeared in his living room right now? Um, I would, I would, feel, I would probably feel a little sorry for him. Because, I mean, he worked hard on this thing, and, and then they just thought it was a bomb. Our next interview was with Emma, a middle schooler from Chicago. We asked her to introduce herself and to let us know what she had for breakfast. My name is Emma. I'm in the eighth grade, and I had a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> and of course, as the students got older, the questions that we could ask and the answers we got became more complex. Why, why do you think people arrested Ahmed? Um, there could be a lot of different reasons, but um, he was Muslim, so they might have just immediately uh, uh, discriminated him for that and just assumed and jumped to conclusions that uh, he could have been up to something bad. What he did was really cool and what he made was really cool and that it was... Um, it was really um, neat of him to feel confident enough to take what he made into school. You know, one worry that several of people here at EdSurge had, had brought up this week was, could this incident be used to scale back the use of technology in schools? Could, could some people use the incident with Ahmed as an excuse to keep dangerous technology out of the hands of students? Emma thinks that adults shouldn't be worried. Um, well, I would probably side with people that say that technology is good for learning, uh, mainly just because we do it at our school and it's been really helpful. Um, but for the people that don't think that, I think that they should know that they can like teach their students early on, like from an early age, uh, safety and responsibilities that come with it so that when it comes to like a good age, they can do it and adults can feel comfortable letting their kids um, have such a big access to the world. Our final interview was with a pair of high schoolers. 
We asked them to introduce themselves and to tell us which class they were currently missing, with teacher permission, don't worry, to talk to us. Hello, my name is Jaslyn. Oh, God, I'm in ninth grade, and I'm missing English right now. Uh, my name's Adrian. I'm a freshman, ninth grader, and right now I'm missing math class. And uh, how sad are you guys to be missing your your, your classes right now? Uh, I've got a 1 to 10, maybe a... Out of respect for my guests, I decline to play the rest of that response. As with the change from 8-year-old Asher to 8th grader Emma, the conversation with Jaslyn and Adrian took a step up in maturity very quickly. My opinion on this is that, because um, a lot of people were saying that it has something to do with racism, mm-hmm. which is which is just, to me, it's 2015. People should treat each other equally. I mean, we have fought over this for so many years. It upsets me because, I mean, we're all going to be six feet under. So I don't understand why people are just treating each other how like how they think about like stereotypes. Um, well, first I want to say that I'm in complete agreement with uh, Jasmine. And I think that it's also an injustice because um, I have a lot of respect for Ahmed for what he's done. Um, Ahmed, he made a clock because he, um, or and from what I've read, he's really interested in science. Um, and he wanted, he wanted to show something that he did to other people. And for accomplishing one of his goals or doing something that he really loved, he gets punished, which I think is completely unfair And when we asked how things could be changed at the school in Irving to prevent this from happening again, Jaslyn had a serious and strong opinion. Well, I, for one, would have a serious talk with that teacher. I mean, that was just because she assumed something doesn't mean it's true. Adrian also talked about how it's important to build in the right discipline processes into a school. Um, Well, something that I would do personally um, is like try to stay far away as possible from false accusations because I mean, like they just assume, and I, I don't think that's right. Like they, I don't think they did any sort of research or checking into it. They kind of like just um, looked at it, pointed the finger at it, and said that's bad, and kind of like without any second thoughts, which I think is uh, not well thought out, and I think it. You have to make some little, do some research of your own and maybe, like maybe you should confiscate the item at first instead of accusing the student or take some measures before going out and just calling the cops to arrest the student. Do you guys think that this type of thing could happen at your school? At our school? Yeah. I really hope not. Yeah. Because it's just a huge injustice for people to just assume like that. I mean... This school, since it's really small, and our teachers take the time to know each other, like to know all of us and our names and everything, I don't think that this type of thing would ever happen. But I, I just hope it doesn't, you know. Uh, you know, this type of this type of thing, um, unfortunately, happens a lot in in the U.S. Where you you know you have somebody maybe who who should not have gone to jail or, or maybe, you know, like we talked about earlier, maybe things escalated too quickly. Um, what is it about 
about this instance of it that you think has has got everybody talking? So I think the difference between or what makes this case unique is probably the fact that he did absolutely nothing wrong. Like he literally he took the time out of his day to just stop and think, I wanna do something that will take time and will make me feel like I accomplished something. So he made a clock that um, he felt proud of and he wanted to show. And for doing something that he loved, he gets punished. And this reminds me of a lot um, during history because like, let's say uh, Galileo Galilei or uh, Nicholas Copernicus, they discovered that um, the earth wasn't the center of the universe. It was, in fact, the sun. And for their beliefs and for what they really believed in, they didn't break any laws. They didn't do anything wrong. And just for doing what they thought was right and helping us advance, um, they were punished too, which is kind of like this. And finally, we asked each of them what they would say to Ahmed if he were here in their classroom right now. I would go up to him and I would give him a great big hug and say, keep doing what you do because you did absolutely nothing wrong and you, you deserve to do great things. Adrian, what would you, what would you do? Um, I would probably, uh, I agree with Jasmine, I would tell him to keep doing and it's just like a minor setback um, and don't let it, don't let it get to you because you didn't do anything wrong. This isn't, this is completely out of your control. You just did something that you love. Keep doing what you love. We're with you on that, Adrian. Keep doing what you're doing, both to you, the other students we spoke to, and especially to Ahmed. Okay, that's it for today. Thanks to Asher, Emma, Jaslyn, and Adrian. When you graduate, let us know. Maybe we can find a spot at EdSurge for you. And, you know, thanks also to one other guest who didn't quite make it into the interview portion earlier. My name is Asa, and I'm in kindergarten. I know what my favorite book is, uh, Superman. <laughs> That's Asher's little brother, Asa. Thank you, Asa, for listening so patiently while we talk to your brother. And finally, thanks to all of you for listening to this show and for putting up with just my voice for the past little while. I think you've all gotten quite enough of me to tide you over for a couple of weeks, so it's time to end this podcast. Until next time, I'm Michael Winters. Thank you for listening. This is the Ed Surge Podcast.